Well, good morning. This is Corey Steiner, and welcome back to our Jaguar podcast. Today, I have the privilege of being with our third grade team of teachers, uh, and they're going to share some things about the Ron Clark Academy and departmentalizing, as well as just general impressions about Northern Cass. So we're going to go around, we're going to have them introduce themselves, and we're going to start with you, Danielle, if you tell us what you teach and tell us a little bit about your career in education. I'm Danielle Bussey, and I teach third grade math here at Northern Cass. This is my eighth year teaching, and I taught fifth grade, preschool, kindergarten, and third grade. And I'm Letty Tan. This is my ninth year at Northern Cass, I believe. Um, I've taught third grade the whole time I've been here, and I also taught in Arizona. I taught um, first grade for four years and second grade for two years. And uh, I'm teaching reading and spelling here at Northern Cass in third grade. And I'm Megan Engelke, and this is my second year at Northern Cass, third year teaching. Um, I spent a year in Wapaton to begin with, and I teach language and writing in third grade. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today in this. Uh, in September of this year, uh, Megan and Danielle, you had an opportunity to go down to the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta with a middle school teacher and myself. I'd like you to talk about what were some of your big takeaways that you had from that site visit. And Megan, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Tell me what a, two things you took away from that visit. Um, the atmosphere there is incredible. Just the kids, they love learning. They love to be there. They are excited to be there. They can tell you anything you want to know about their school. Um, and so that really inspired me to do more things in my classroom to get my kids more involved with the school. And, have them be as excited about learning as those kids were. Very good. Thank you. How about you, Danielle? I enjoyed how engaged all of the students were. I mean, no matter what classroom you went in, it could be a high-energy classroom or something, a classroom with candles lit. All the kids were fully engaged. And I also liked how the kids knew exactly what to expect, no matter what classroom they were in. And the teachers followed through with those expectations, no matter who the kid was. Yeah, you know, I, I went in there as a cynic, and I told you guys that. I, I didn't believe that this was going to be worth the visit, and it took about two minutes of walking in the front door to realize that this was an extremely special place, and uh, a place that has figured out how to do learning in a really dynamic way. Uh, Letty, you, you couldn't go with, and there was a good reason for that, and, and there's two good reasons for that. Uh, but... Talk about when Megan and Danielle came back. What were some of the things they shared with you that you were like, yeah, I can do this? Yeah, they talked about um, the expectations, um, that in every classroom, the students knew exactly what was expected of them, um, which cut down on side conversations, it cut down on wasted time in the classroom. Um, they also talked about the energy level. Um, they came back with some chants, which we do to this day every time the students come in. They do chant to get fired up before the class starts. and. Um, I didn't start that, but the kids were so excited about it that now we do it in my room too. Um, they brought that in with them. Um, and also I'm really interested in the house colors and having every student in a certain house. Um, they kind of feel more of a team and um, it's just a cool way to group our students here. So that, that's a good segue into the next conversation is, is can somebody share what is the house concept and what have we done with the house concept? Danielle, do you want to start with that? And then Megan, you can fill in. Mm -hmm. but what we've done is randomly put the kids into house colors. And we use the exact same teams that the Ron Clark Academy uses. And they are able to earn points through showing their greatness. And I really feel like setting the expectations school-wide 
we have been calling out a lot more greatness than to all students instead of just, you know, a few here and there. Um, I know I wasn't very good at giving stickers in third grade and through the house points and celebrations, we've given at least 2,000 points since we started it, which that's 2,000 greatness recognitions for our kids. We, our plan is to get them together monthly and do team building activities with them and discuss ways of how they're being a good school citizen and reflect on how they can improve on being a good school citizen and then continue to reinforce just the great things happening in our elementary here at Northern Cass. Very good. Megan, what else do you have to add? Um, so with the houses, we, like Danielle said, we randomly put them in a house and it's PK through five right now. So we have preschoolers who are interacting with our fifth graders. We have first graders who are interacting with our fifth graders and our fourth graders. And so it really kind of brings everybody together instead of having them separated by wing or by grade. Um, it gives our kids the opportunity to work with kids they probably never would get to work with if it wasn't for having these houses and getting them together. It, it adds a sense of competition between the teachers in a good way too. Um, I know us three alone are green, blue, and red teams and we have to give each other a hard time about whether or not we're doing things for our team. And then the kids um, in underclassmen or upperclassmen that don't, may not know me yet as a teacher are giving me high fives because they see me wearing my green wristband and they know that we're on the same team together. Yeah, it's, it really is a great thing at building culture mm -hmm. and, and making sure kids understand that the right thing is recognized and it's commended in our building. Uh, I, I want to take a step back a little bit and talk about some of the Ron Clark things that I would see if I came into your classroom. What are the things that students are doing now that they weren't doing before we went to the academy? Who wants to start for that? I'll give one example. Um, in the classroom, we have students uh, take more of an initiative themselves to stand up and speak when answering a question. Um, and we do a lot of turn and track the speaker. So no matter if it's the teacher speaking or a student, um, we know that we can all learn from each other and we will all turn and look at the person who is speaking. Um, and the student who is speaking stands and faces the group as they share their answer. Um, we do a lot of cheers and chants to start off the class. We have this chant that the kids will do and they'll get really fired up and um, it talks about like the thing that we're learning that day and so not only do we have these expectations that we put in place but we're also bringing that energy and the enthusiasm back into the classroom and the kids are excited to go to class rather than kind of dragging their feet and oh this class next um, so it's putting that excitement back into learning I'm seeing the kids take accountability for their actions. Uh, I have kids putting their name on the board without me even asking, so I'll ask them to erase it because of their honesty or just them being responsible. I have seen, because of that, just so much more classroom instruction time. Kids are getting through their work because they're able to learn the material because everybody's on the same page. You bring up a good point, Danielle, and, and it was one of the things that we had. We had some people that were concerned about names on the board. Uh, people look at it as somewhat archaic, like going back to when an old guy like me was in school. 
how, how do we justify that? We're putting the kid's name on the board. What, what do you? What is the reaction you've seen from the kids? Well, I feel like any situation, some kids handle it better than others because of just their personality. But I've really seen the kids' growth since we've implemented it, and it really hasn't become a big deal to them. And the good thing about it is I've done things too. So I've modeled for my students walking back to the whiteboard and putting my name on it. And so I feel like we're gaining their trust, we're, um, that we're not attacking them, that it really is just something that we're doing to keep our day moving smoothly, to recognize the greatness instead of the negativity in the room. And I think a good point to make is that a name on the board is simply a reset. It's not um, a punishment. It is not something to be ashamed of. It is a reset. It is a visual reset, whereas some kids really need that visual aid to help them remember, like, I got my reset. I need to reset. Um, and by no means do the other kids make comments or even look in their direction if they are writing their name. Um, the kids are very, very good at using that one reset in the one name and then moving on with their day. And when the kids switch classrooms being departmentalized, they always start over. So their name does not follow them from class to class to class. Um, so they have so many opportunities throughout the day to make that reset and then move on with their day and have a better day. And that's a, a nice segue to talk a little bit about departmentalizing. Uh, so Letty, I want you to start for us if you would. Uh, we've done this now. This is year two for departmentalizing. Would you just kind of share, like, what is your view? What is departmentalizing for somebody who's listening to this and says, I don't know, I don't know what that means? Sure. Um, we each teach a separate subject, so we're all teaching at their grade standards, um, but we share the students, basically. So they'll rotate through each of us throughout the day. Um, I'm reading and spelling. Megan is writing and language, and Danielle is math. So the students um, get all three of us throughout the day, and we found that the students really like it, we really like it, we get to um, see all of the students and then we can meet during our common planning time and, and see you know, if we have concerns about a st certain student to um, kind of address that and see if we're noticing that across the board. Um, it's just a nice way to work with everyone, collaborate, make sure that um, all of the students are getting their needs met. So as teachers, and, and Danielle, I'll start with you on this one, as teachers, do you see that it's helped you dig deeper into that content area now that you're not having to plan for maybe six areas? Absolutely. I mean, I do want to make a point that all three of us are in a passion area in what we're teaching. So we all love what we're doing and where we're at. And I have been able to do personalized learning with math a lot sooner than we originally planned because that is my focus. I've been able to bring in a lot more learning games because I have the time to plan that and to adjust with each class or to to make it real for each section I have. Um, and I came in the first year being departmentalized kind of wondering what this was going to be like, but I don't know that I would want to teach any other way after doing it for two years. Um, like both Letty and Danielle have said, the amount of time I can spend really getting my lessons to be meaningful and purposeful is really appreciated. And I feel like I'm hitting my kids on a deeper level rather than kind of just going over the top of everything because I don't have the time to really dig into it. Well, from your perspective, Letty. 
I completely agree. I agree with um, being able to make it more um, specific to the different levels. We can all be working on a book study, but we're doing different books. Um, we're doing similar things. We're talking about summarizing and visualizing and things like that. But it's at the student's level, and um, it's so much easier to plan for now. We can really focus on just one area. Yeah, I, you know, as we talk good to great, you know, one of our conversations was that if, if we ever want you to be able to have the ability to be great at a topic area, we can't expect you to teach six topic areas. Uh, I know that we had parents that were concerned that third graders can't transition, third graders won't be able to organize. Is that true? No. They're more resilient than we are as teachers. And it's amazing when they walk into my math classroom, our Megan's language room, our Letty's reading room, they're reminding us of things we had previously said to them or things that, you know, are need to be brought into the classroom. And I really feel like it's helped kids and teachers be happier. I mean, they get to see all three of us. If they're having a bad 50-minute math class, they get to transition into a new class. And it's a new teacher. And that I will follow up with that teacher after and say, you know, how was so-and-so? And they'll be like, I had no idea they had a hard time in math. And it's just, it's just made the learning environment for both kids and teachers more pleasant. They're able to get up and walk around, um, like Danielle said. If they have a challenging time in one class, they have the opportunity to get up and go to the different class. And you may not even know that they had a challenging language class or challenging math class. Um, and we talk about engagement and movement and kids getting up and moving and being departmentalized. I mean, they do that every 45 minutes. So it's a great opportunity, especially for those kids who need that movement, to get up and move and grab their stuff. And they are usually reminding me it's time to switch, it's time to clean up. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so I think they really do enjoy it. Don't get us wrong, it's not all peaches and cream. <laughs> yeah. We have had to work on organization and we do go through the Abbott process. And some kids, it's April and we're still working on organization, but we know it is a skill that they're going to need to be successful in fourth grade and in life. Mm -hmm. And we're starting it. So once we see that, happening in the earlier grades, I feel like we're going to see kids coming to third grade a lot more organized already. Yeah, I, I mean, with our focus on the AVID strategies and starting binders and planners at, you know, pre-K even, I think you're right. I think as we start to see kids transition up, we're going to have kids that are more ready. But understanding that kids are an unfinished product and they will never be fully mm -hmm. ready. And there's still going to be kids that don't organize very well. And it might go all the way till they're 70 years old and and that's okay because at least we're giving them the opportunity to engage in those skills mm -hmm. um, if you would I'd like to kind of turn our attention uh, one of the big things that's out there nationally that I feel we've been ahead of the game is flexible seating uh, can you talk about how you use that in your room uh, you know when I first came to Northern Cass and I walked into rooms they said well where are the desks and I was amazed by that and now I've come to the conclusion that I won't purchase desks in our building anymore. I think it's a, a, an archaic form of education and I just don't believe in, in that. So talk about what you guys use for flexible seating and how you use it. Do you want to start? Sure, I can go. Um, like I said earlier, I've only been here for two years. So my first year I came in and I told Dr. Snyder, I said, I want all my desks on and I want tables. And he just said, okay. And I kind of went, oh, okay, that's okay. Um, 
So I feel like at Normancast we do a really good job at meeting kids' needs. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I have tables and I have regular chairs. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have yoga balls and I have a table that is standing where they can stand at it. Or I have a table where it's on the floor they can sit um, cross-legged underneath the table. I have different chairs and stools and it's, again, giving kids an opportunity to make their own choice how they work best um, and the kids do very very well and enjoy having that choice um, especially at this age they feel very empowered to have a choice um, whether it be their seating or um, you know doing something at a standing table rather than sitting um, so I think it's giving kids back that power to make their own choices I struggled with getting into it right away, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, when I work at home, I like to sit on the couch with my legs crossed and my computer on my lap, so I try to give it up more and more, and I still do have tables in my room. I feel like they transition from an organized setting in second grade, and they choose to sit at the tables. A lot of the times, we'll do lessons at the tables, or they'll come up and sit by me on the smart board. But then when it's work time, they get to choose that spot. And it is a privilege to have a spot. So unless they lose it, uh, they get to sit wherever they like. And I know there's some more popular seating than others. And there's definitely some more seating that I would like to see. But uh, the Ron Clark Academy actually helped me give up some of that resistance in bringing in other types of seating and allowing them to sit on the table if they want to because that's how they're comfortable because i know the expectations are there so i know it's not going to be crazy chaos good how about for you letty um we have guests in our room that we use periodically um but when it is work time like megan said they get to choose where they want to sit we have rugs we have comfy chairs yoga bowls pillows cushions stools um and you do, they make a nice choice, like you guys said. I mean, they spread out. It's not like they all just go in one place and mess around. Um, they know to choose a place that works for them, away from others um, or other things that might distract them. So um, we have all kinds of seating in my room, too, and they use it well. Yeah, I, you know, when I sometimes will go in and sub in classrooms or when I'm observing, one of the things that initially, I, I got to be honest, it kind of freaked me out, like a kid's laying under the desk, and I'm like, that's, that's disrespectful. What's he doing? And but during the lesson, they're engaged, like they're answering questions. They know exactly what's going on. And I had to kind of give up a little bit of that and say, all right, you know, maybe a little bit of chaos might be a pretty darn good thing. Uh, so I've seen that and I've seen it be really effective for kids. And I do. I have to come back, like you said, Danielle, though, like, how do I work at home? OK, and if this is how I work at home, why can't a third grader have a little choice in how they work? And I do agree with you. I like the idea of I see you guys do a lot of direct instruction and kids are assigned to spots. I think that's fantastic because they need that. They still need that part because even in our jobs, we have that part. So I think you guys do a really good job of mimicking what's gonna, what they're going to see in the future. So my last question for you guys today is, why Northern Cass? Talk about why you're here. Uh, all of you drive to get here, just like everybody does, but all of you are closer to another major area than you would be to Northern Cass. So why do you keep coming back? wants to start? There are many answers for me, I guess. It's the people I work with, it's the, the families we have out here, um, the different things that we're willing to try. I feel like we're really progressive out here. We're always 
kind of ahead of the curve and uh, basically doing what's best for kids. Um, I would say my reason for Northern Cass is I graduated from here. I went to school here first from second grade all the way up. And it just, I have a real passion for this community. Um, all of the towns around and just the community that Northern Cass has. I feel like Buddy also said the families and the kids and the things that Northern Cass is doing, we do things that are right for kids, not right for adults, which I think is a huge huge thing that we need more of in education and Norman Cass does a very good job about doing what's right for kids. I will be here because I'm a doer and I like to learn and grow and Northern Cass always throws in learning experiences even in my eighth year of teaching. I'm continuing to grow, I'm continuing to become a better educator because of that and our students see it. They want to be here, it makes me want to be here. Yeah. Well ladies, I want to thank you for taking the time today. Uh, you guys are becoming what is really like a, a model team for elementary around and it has really been remarkable to see the things that you have done and you've taken on. Uh, I don't know that we have a more highly functional team in terms of how you work together and how you share and how you build off one another. Uh, it, it truly is a model of excellence and, and I'm just thrilled to have the opportunity to work with you guys on a daily basis. So thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you.